Hi, and welcome to Breaking Free Podcast, a body-mind-spirit approach to mental health. I'm your host, Summer Seitz. I'm excited to talk to you about such an important conversation in the healing journey today, which is the freedom um, of self-love and really what comes of self-love today. It's a great topic for February, so I hope that you guys will join me in this conversation today. And and today we're going to go deep. So if you're maybe like listening to this while you're, you know, running around with your kids on the you know, this may take you to a deep place. I, I think it's important for me when I do deeper podcasts, which generally a lot of them are because this is, I'm bringing in my trauma perspective here, but this one's going to go to deeper places. So I would recommend you listening to this at a time when you can maybe pull out a journal, you can stay connected to your body and your breath and just really let yourself be safe to hear and feel and know whatever it is that this podcast will bring to your attention. We're going to talk about two pieces today that are super important in our healing and growth work. One of them is a a concept called radical acceptance, and the other is a concept called shadow work. Shadow work was coined by someone called Carl Jung, um, and radical acceptance is a a, a mindfulness concept that comes out of mindfulness practices, um, but it's super, super important as we come to heal um, the things that get in the way of us, like being connected to love. You are all love. In your true and highest self, you're love. You're created from love. You're created for love. Love is the highest energy. And when we are in harmony with our true and highest self, we are in flow with love. Now, I don't know anybody within my sound of my voice that lives there completely and entirely. Um, I love Brene Brown's work on this. It's like it's like a stream of kind of twinkling lights. And each we step into love more and more frequently. Those lights kind of string together. And we get more and more close to staying connected to that. Um, but I do think that we all have disconnection from love. And I think those disconnections can be great teachers to us um, and great compassion, right? The places in my life where I have felt separated from love and then learned how to step into it are the very things that help me uh, help others. Um, and But I do think that exploration is valuable. So we live in a world that would tell us that loving and accepting ourselves is not desirable. That's kind of what the culture says, right? There's self-judgment. It's fostered. Uh, Media is always telling you that you're not enough. You need this new thing. We have a lot of critical voices in our life that would say, hey, you need to just be better, a little bit better, a little bit more, do a little bit more, and then you'll arrive. Um, And we often didn't delay our joy because of this, right? There's this idea that if we, we just finally get over that last hump of imperfection, right? That we, we finally overcome our weaknesses, then we can really relax into love and love and accept ourselves. I want you to know that that's a false concept. Like someday in the future, we're going to have joy and relaxation because everything, everything you are now is what you take with you, right? You're building your sense of connection and conscious and learning. You're learning how to approach life, right? And so really joy is a present thing. You're here to be love and you're here to have joy. And you can do that even though there's weakness. We all have weaknesses. We all have divinity. How do we learn to stand right in the middle of that and love and accept ourselves? Well, if you struggle with that balance, then this is a podcast for you. And I also am in that learning and that growth curve. So I'm not going to suggest that I have all the answers today, but I have some concepts that I think may help you. Okay. So I want to bring a quote from Thich Nhat Hanh. There is no way to happiness. Happiness is the way. 
this is a really interesting concept to me. For a long time, I was, I mean, I'm, I've mentioned this before, recovering perfectionist, perfectionist. I was always seeking to be better, to be more, to do more. Um, and then I felt like if I reached some next level of progression, that then I could rest and be happy. Of course, that's the carrot on the string and you never arrive, especially because you're comparing yourself to an ideal, which isn't even reality. So you never arrive. What I started to learn, and I want to share with you, is that self-love is the way to happiness, right? Happiness is the way. When we learn to love and accept ourselves truly as we are and say, I am enough right now in this moment that my weaknesses aren't separating me from source, like they're actually here as my teachers. There's nothing can separate me from love. Like I'm, I am... The only thing that really separates me from love is myself and my own mental, my own ego, my own thoughts. Uh, we can really start to move forward in healing because without safety, not, without love, without compassion, there is no healing. So what is radical acceptance? This is a really interesting concept. The word radical comes from the root radix, which means to go to the root of. I often tell people that I'm a root therapist. Um, and I didn't even know until I was studying about radical acceptance that this is what this means. And I got super excited because I was like, oh, it's what I do. It's what source has taught me in my heart from the beginning of time. I love how when something's mirrored to me that I've always known in my soul and now I know why I know it. <laughs> I don't know if that ever happens to you, but it happens to me a lot. And I realized that going the root of was very much the point, right? Because when we have feelings of unworthiness, they go hand in hand from feeling separate from our true self, right? Because you are love, you are accepted. Babies are not born feeling rejected and abandoned, although some of you may have experienced that very young because of the experiences you had of mirroring from a caregiver. But typically, they love and admire themselves. They admire their hands. They There's nothing they can't do. They, they just love and accept themselves and we love and love that energy. In fact, we love about being around children because they love and accept everyone else around them as well, right? They haven't learned concepts of rejection and conditionality yet. They haven't learned that this is acceptable and that is acceptable. And I'm not talking about safety stuff like, hey, if you touch that stove, you're going to burn your hands. I mean, I think those things come in and they're helpful, right? To learn how to navigate in an environment. But I mean like personhood stuff. This is where prejudice is taught. This is where we're taught about our feelings. Like I was a very sensitive child as a child. I'm an empath, you guys. I'm super sensitive. I was feeling everybody's feelings around me. And I can't tell you how many times I was told, don't be so sensitive. Anybody have that experience? You know, why are you crying again? <laughs> right? It would have been super nice at that time if someone had pulled me inside and, and, and mirrored to me, wow, you have this beautiful sensitivity let me mentor you and how to walk through that. God has done that since. And in some ways, my parents did do those things, but they grew up in a time when, you know, feeling those things wasn't really necessarily encouraged, right? So I believe that we all live according to our level of consciousness. And the point of this podcast today is to maybe raise your consciousness to a higher level so you can maybe understand there are ways that you can heal at a higher level too. Um so if I am defective, if I feel like I'm defective, right, I've taken in these messages that there's something wrong with me because my parent, my my caregivers, my mirrors told me there is a right way and a wrong way to do things. And then these are acceptable people and this is not. And this is what separates you from God. And this, you know, all these concepts, right, all these stories that we have, there's this turning away from, right? 
I fully believe, and I had this experience with my Brielle. I don't know if I've shared this on this podcast, but I'll share it again. When she was like around eight years old, it was a significant age for her. Um, she heard someone say, someone significant in her life, that that she could be separated from presence, right? From like source, from God, if she did something wrong. And I had not taught her it this way because I had known these things and I work around shame concepts. And so I had taught her that nothing could separate her from love. But this person that she cares about said this thing and she heard it. And that evening I went into her room and I, I could sense, again, empath, right, mom? It's kind of super skill sometimes. And I went into her room and I looked her in the eyes and I said, I could sense what the, the wound was, right? I understood that she had been separated from God and from this, this worthiness because of this concept. And I told her this, and I'm telling you the same. I said, look, source is like the sun. It's love. It's shining on you. It's always there for you. And it's not going anywhere, right? Sometimes it, it's nighttime and we don't feel it as much. When we go through dark times in our lives, that we, we may feel that, right? Difficult times. But it comes out again, right? It's a temporary phase and it comes back out again. Sometimes there's a cloud or an umbrella or something that's blocking the sun. That may be something that we're holding up, right? That we don't feel the sun, but the sun is always there. And that's what God's love is for us, right? It's always, always there for you. Sometimes we just feel separate from it because maybe the way we're thinking, maybe what somebody said, and I said, or maybe the way we're living, right? Isn't, we're going to talk about this in a minute. The way we're living isn't in harmony with our true and highest self. And so that makes us feel separate from that. And so we feel separate, but that's how we perceive it. That's not actually not there. We, we may perceive the sun is not there, but it's actually there. It's just behind something else, whether it be the earth or whatever. Right. And so, um, she kind of got that right because she's really into science. And so she, you could see the brightness come back into her countenance. It was amazing. She's, I mean, there's nothing I can ever do that would make God not love me or source reject me or not be around me. I said, no, there's nothing. It will always, always, always be there for you. And I'm so grateful that she feels that like, she actually points that out to me now, whenever she hears somebody say something other than that, she's like, Hey mom, you know, they're wrong. Right. <laughs> and we have this kind of knowing nod, but you guys, do you think that she's more motivated to be changed, to do good in her life by thinking that she could be rejected or to accept that she will always be worthy of love and then and that desire to stay close to that love? Which one's more motivating, right? But unfortunately, there's a lot of ways that we've been taught that, you know, we that love is conditional, right? And that's the point and that we have to earn our worthy. And we feel like we have to earn that that separates us from. So this is what happens. If I am defective, how can I belong? Worse, the more we feel deficient and vulnerable and separate, the more we react from this fear with blame and hatred toward whatever we feel is the source of our problem. This can be inward or outward. If it's outward, we're, maybe we're projecting it onto people in our lives. We're telling them that they're the source of our problem. Um, if they could be different, if they could meet our needs in a specific way, whatever we put out there, then we would be okay. Um and that leaves us feeling scared and vulnerable because we've given our power away, right? We're saying you have to be different in order for me to be okay. Um, that's really the child, right? Please parent me, right? Please be there for me. And especially when we're adults, that really doesn't work, right? Um, maybe we have, you know, the addiction or codependency or, you know, these things that are nursing us along, trying to help us deal with these feelings of disconnect. Um, there may be physical manifestations in our bodies. We'll get into to this war within us here in a minute. And all these losses or struggles in life in, inside can just feel like our fault. That's the internalized shame. 
And when we feel that unworthiness, right, that just drives us away. There can be some, the flip side of this too. I often see people um, have what I call inflation or pride. They, they're really, it's still, it's still like something they're not seeing. Uh, we'll, we'll talk here more about the shadow in a minute, this shadow work that people need to do. But we run away from maybe the things that we kind of inside know are, are issues for us by trying to prove to ourselves all the time that we're superior to Right. And we have stories where, well, that person had a bad thing happen to them because, you know, they did something that was wrong and I don't do those types of things and therefore I'm better than. Right. And so whenever we get into this place of judgment, it causes suffering because our true and highest self, as I said earlier, was created for love. Right. In love, for love. And so whenever we have a separation from others in love, we feel this, this need to justify. Right. We're out of balance and something's out of balance. Like if a picture's off balance on the wall, we need to justify it, right, to balance it out. So maybe we're justifying why I'm right and you're wrong, right, or justifying why this bad thing happened to another or ourselves. Either way, we're separating from this love, right, this sense of worthy. So when we struggle to move into concepts of unconditional love and worthiness, being endowed versus earned, then we get into this, this stuck place, right? I want to share a story that I love that kind of illustrates where we're going with this by the Dalai Lama. The Dalai Lama came to the United States and he was asked why, from his opinion, and I think of the Dalai Lama as a great teacher, he's not a spiritual leader for me, but just an amazing teacher. And he was talking about, and he's very mindful and I love mindfulness stuff. And he was talking about, well, why do we have such high suicide rates and depression, anxiety in the United States? And and um, he talked about in his culture how they just don't suffer from anxiety like we do. And it was kind of fascinating. Well, why would you have an entire group of people, right, if this is biologically driven, um, which we often consider in our country, right, it's biologically driven, that don't have the type of anxiety that we do? And he said, well, you don't have the belief in something called Buddha nature, right? Our people believe in Buddha nature. And they asked him to go further. And he said, well, everyone, everyone has God within he said, in our culture, we teach people that they are of source, right? That they're connected, that they belong to love, that they are part of this higher nature. That's their true nature. And then we help them see, right, where they're separate from it. And because of that, they have a lot less anxiety because there's a sense of nourishing of community and family and belonging, right? That everyone, everyone is part of this. Um, and so oftentimes this, again, it's this fear and anxiety is a separation from that true nature, right? This belief that we're separate from it. Mother Teresa said, the biggest disease today is not leprosy or tuberculosis, but rather a feeling of not belonging. I would agree with that. I often in my work, in my beginning of my work with clients is just to start to mirror to them who they truly are. And at first they reject that, right? So this is their shadow. Let's talk about a shadow, right? If I have a tree, the, 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 the shadow of the tree kind of points to the tree itself, right? It's like what the tree is sort of, but like the opposite. And so oftentimes we're living in the, the opposite end of who we truly are. Maybe I'm living in um, insecurity, you know, and that's when I feel really yucky in my body because I'm meant to be confidence. I'm meant to be light, right? If you feel jealous about others and what they have and who they are and envious a lot, that's your shadow, your shadow pointing at you that that is what you truly desire. Um, maybe that's something that you want that you're separate from that you're not living with. And so it's pointing and showing you that 
you can be angry at and project it towards that person, or you can let it be information to you that that's what you truly desire, right? That that jealousy is pointing you towards that. Let's look at anger. We're often angry at other people because they're not, you know, meeting our needs or they asked us to do something that was unreasonable or whatever our reasons for having anger is. But if we stop and look, that anger is also information. That's part of our shadow that's pointing to us that like maybe there's a place where we violated a boundary for ourselves, right? We said yes to something we didn't want to do um, or there's some unmet needs for our wounded child that being in relationship with this person's bringing up. And we're trying to maybe make that person parent to us or meet those needs, but they're not our parent. And so there's that frustration with them that that's not happening. And really they can't do that for us because they're not our parent, right? They're not those things. And so, um, but there's a part of us that doesn't want to acknowledge that shadow, right? And so radical acceptance is all about going into the shadow in safety and peace and loving and acceptance and saying, I see you, I hear you, I feel you from you to you so that you can finally have something called integration, right? We can finally take these unowned, disowned parts of us and bring them in, right? These parts of us that have separated from truth of who we are because of the experiences that we've had in our lives, right? Places where we felt like we weren't lovable or places where we are fearful, right? We want to integrate those back. And I want you to know that not every part always integrates back, but the more that we can stand in the, the separation from and know that that's not who we are when those painful things come up, we know we're separate from, we'll get to that here in a minute, the more that we can have tolerance for that pain and it can be our teacher and even bring us to compassion for other people. There are a few places in my life where like I would say things are not fully integrated and I've asked God, well, why is that? And, it, and it's part of what fuels my compassion, my love to help others because I can still remember the pain. I can even pull it up if I want to, but I know that it's not going to, it doesn't have enough power over me, right? It doesn't have to, I don't choose to give it so, and I have ways of, of being separate from it. So again, that's kind of the idea of this. But one of the things you got to really do is nurture your sense of belonging to source and nurture your sense of I'm love and acceptable and I'm worthy of love. Okay. So the beginning of healing is in fact accepting our brokenness or our suffering. Going to the root of our suffering and seeing it clearly is the, is the beginning to this freedom, right? It's the key tenet of mindfulness. Suffering comes from feeling separate from others and the divine. Okay. Ooh, one more concept. True freedom is removing anxiety about imperfection, right? Imperfection is not a personal problem to be overcome, but it's a natural part of it, our existence or it's our teacher. A lot of you believe that, well, if I accept the, the difficulties or the painful things, then they'll never leave, but it's actually the opposite. Let me tell you what ex radical acceptance is not. It's not resignation, right? It's not saying um, that this is here and it'll never change. In fact, acceptance is the doorway to change. When we start running from our issues, we can finally move into them and, and work through them. Um, it's not being defined by our limitations. You know, we're not saying I'm a victim and this is what it is. It's actually saying um, we can honor the abundance and creativity and possibility that each of us have to access the human spirit and support our emotions and responses and to address them with courage. It's not self-indulgence. We don't allow our lusts, cravings, and body felt emotions to drive the bus of our life, but rather we become fully aware of what motivates us, um, the stories that we tell ourselves, 
and we mindfully respond to them from our highest values. And it's not passive. When we see our own behavior or the behavior of others causing suffering, we're naturally compelled to initiate change. We are guided to pursue practices, affiliations, healing therapies to address what we desire to change. Radical acceptance is a very active process. So let's talk about the process and let's talk about a skill that will allow you to enact this process before you get too sleepy on me here, right? It's a lot of information today. All right. Any place where we hold back from our experience fuels fear and separation. That fuels a trance of unworthiness. Those of you that love to numb out or distract or run from or stay so busy that you don't feel, you know what I'm talking about, right? That's what we're doing, right? We're in that trance of unworthiness. Instead of dealing with the, the shadow of I feel unworthy and there's this part of me that's separated from maybe we project that onto others or we just try not to feel. Everybody has a different way of dealing with that. But radical acceptance allows us to more safely turn into the shadow and say, I see you, I hear you, I feel you. I'm going to be present with you. There are two parts to radical acceptance. One is seeing clearly. And two is holding our experience with compassion. I want you to know that both of those are easier said than done. I do this work with clients often. And honestly, radical acceptance is a process. It's not an event. It's a process for me. I'm still doing radical acceptance work, right? I'm constantly looking to my shadow. What I've come to learn is that things aren't showing up against me. They're showing up for me. Many of you have stories that where you're not happy all the time or you're not constantly confident that that's not okay, right? But that's not true because nobody's happy all the time. I want to tell you a story that I love that exemplifies this and you can actually look the story up for yourself. If you go to Super Soul Saturday and you look up Sean Acor's two conversations with Oprah, I think it's his second one. He did an interview about the happiness advantage. Now remember, this guy is like the research of happiness. He talks about how we want to have you know, gratitude practices, you know, positive mindsetting, right? All the things that many of you probably are trying or have done. And those are helpful. But he, even after he had written the book, which I read, The Happiness Advantage that was made him wildly, you know, famous, had some depression. And of course, he felt shame about that. But it was his great teacher. I'm so glad that he shared that with Oprah. He said that's the one thing he really wanted to share with her and to everyone is that like people who have happiness and even know about happiness can have low feelings and Oprah vulnerably in the second interview talked back about her issues with that very same thing. And it's because you guys, all of us have places where we need to be vulnerable. He talked about how, because he, you know, was this happiness guru, people would be like, well, that's not very positive, Sean, and would stop hanging around with him when he wasn't positive all the time, right? Wasn't performing and being what they needed him to be, right? When he was vulnerable and authentic, and maybe I'm lonely or I feel isolated or I'm struggling, and people would reject that, right? Because those are lower emotions and we don't want those around us, right? They would have what I call empathic failure. They would reject those things, not because they were wrong that he was feeling them, they're human, he was being human, we all are, but because they didn't want to deal with those emotions for themselves, right? Usually we reject others because we don't we're not really able to accept those things in ourselves, right? We're not accepting that for ourselves. And so we reject the others instead of dealing with that. So that happened with him. And so he learned that part of the way to deal with this was to get around safe others to where he could be truly authentic and vulnerable and heal that shame and remove those things. And then really truly step into his joy because being happy is a full experience. There is something called the law of opposition. For those of you that visual draw a line down a paper, 
we can do that right now. And on one side, you put things like pain and grief and anger, right? To the ability that you have to accept that those emotions exist for you because you're human is the ability that you can, that you can step into the, the opposition to that, right? The opposite to that, which is joy, peace, freedom, right? The things on the other side, right? Because there's something called polarity. If I can't accept the, the struggles that I have, then I can't fully step into my joy, right? Or if I can't acknowledge and be okay that I have weakness, then I can't really be able to really accept my divinity. Hence that worthiness issue, right? People feel like they need to be all or nothing. Nobody's all, well, at least I'm not. Nobody that I know is. I have a source that I believe may be those things, but I'm not all divine, right? I am not arrived at that. And I think all of us, step-by-step step move toward that greater awareness. And so how can we move towards that greater divinity and awareness and growth and consciousness without allowing the growth process, which is going to show us our weakness. And so again, we have these rejections or we've experienced these rejections with other people and that makes us feel separate from. So that's why it's so important to hold clearly that it's okay to have compassion on our humanness and to see clearly what's actually happening. Shame makes a negative behavior five times more likely to stick. And it is our judgment that determines if it's a desirable or undesirable, but our bodies will respond with pain and this pain does not serve us, right? Compassion makes our acceptance wholehearted, complete. We cannot accept the experience unless we wholeheartedly accept that, you know, we, we can't, we have to wholeheartedly accept that we're there, right? In order to be able to leave it. Radical acceptance leads to the path of love, the path to remember that there's no way to happiness. Happiness is the way, right? The recognition of ways we are caught in the habit of judging, resisting, grasping, controlling helps us where our limit, we're limiting our own happiness. So we have that opposition, right? Kind of showing us that. All right. So what do we do? Like, how does this like look like, right? How, okay. So we're great. I, I got you the concepts, but what I want you to do now is get into the practice of, right? What does it look like on a day-to-day -day basis? So for me, this is what it looks like, all right? And then I'll give you the skill and, and I'll use the skill. Let's just say I'm driving down the road and I'm doing pretty good. I'm having a good day, right? I'm stepping, I'm, I feel like I'm living my highest self. And then a trigger shows up, right? Maybe for me, because I have teenagers, maybe the trigger is, oh, this is a common one. Maybe there's some place because in my shadow where I have felt socially rejected or I haven't accepted. This happened to me. And so I, I see one of my kids being rejected in the same way that I was rejected and I haven't done that work. And so it shows up where maybe I'm like not wanting to talk to or be present with that issue for my kids. So maybe I shut my kid down. I'm like, hey, you just need to do X, Y, and Z. And I try to solve the problem right? I'm not present with. And my kid goes away kind of frustrated because they were just feeling rejection and looking for comfort. But I went to solve the problem. Do you see how the shadow shows up? that's happened for me. So maybe I step away later and go, wait a minute, I wasn't present with, I wasn't loving and kind. I wasn't, that didn't go well. I might've even been judgmental, right? I violated myself. So there's a need to justify, well, that person is this or that or whatever. I could justify, right? I could project and make it about them. But if I'm really doing my shadow work, I'm going to turn and be like, you know, that didn't feel good in my body. That didn't really go with my highest values. So what's going on for me? Right. And then I'm going to use the skill of brain. RAIN is by Tara Brock. It is an acronym. It stands for Recognize, Allow, Investigate, and Natural Awareness. But I'm going to go through each one of these with you. So if I'm recognizing this experience, I might go, what's going on for me? And by the way, if you go on YouTube and you just like 
you just let go Tara Brock, rain meditation. You can do this with her. And I think she's a great guide. I would have you try it out with her, but I'm going to just kind of do this with you a little bit. I don't want to do this in a meditation way on this because this is a deep meditation. You're going to want to actually put yourself in a safe place and do the meditation because she's going to have you go towards your shadow. That's probably not something you want to do when you're just listening to a podcast, right? And and certainly this is for education, not therapeutic purposes. Hers would be more therapeutic. So I'd have you do that. Like I said, make some space, pick a good time and, and, and go toward, not away from the things that getting in the way of you moving into your joy. But the first thing you're going to do with recognize is what's going on for me, right? What just happened right there? Maybe you notice how you're tight in your body. You just kind of look at what happened in the situation. The next step is that you allow it you allow that. Well, oftentimes what we do is we stuff it under the proverbial rug and we don't allow it to be there. No, no, no. I don't have time for this right now. Or that's not about me. That's about them. We put it back onto them because we don't want to allow it. We don't want to see it. I want you to just learn to stay with it and just say it is what it is. It hurts. I'm going to be curious about it. I'm going to allow the awareness, the teaching to come up. See how we're moving into the shadow? The next step is I investigate with compassion. The key word here is compassion. If you investigate with critical voice, is it safe for the shadow, for the wounded child, which is really where this comes from? If you look up shadow work, I, again, you can YouTube shadow work and it's about the disowned parts of us, right? The parts of us that were, we kind of talked about that we're told they weren't enough or okay or worthy of. And so we definitely don't want to take that wounded part and shame it now in this moment because it's probably a younger version of you. So you can be like, hey, how old are you? What happened to you? What are you fearing? What's your story of fear? What do you need right now from me in order to be safe? Sometimes other parts will show up, like numbness is starting to show up, or you know, maybe you need to kind of respond, well, I, I need to get kind of permission from numbness to take a, to take a space or from critical voice to step back, right? so that this story can be told. What did you want to hear from others that you never heard? Right? A lot of times it's the words that we didn't hear. I just wanted to hear that I was, I fit in, that I was enough. I didn't feel those things. And so now that my daughter isn't feeling that either, that hurts. That's, un, that's an unprocessed, unintegrated part of my story. Remember we talked about integration. And I'm just going to be present with that. Yeah, that really hurt. Yeah, that did happen to you. Man, junior high was super awkward. That Yeah, we just never dealt with that. We just swept that under the rug and moved on, right? Junior high, man. Therapists will always have a job. And so maybe your child's in that age when something happened to you and you're, it's starting to come up for you, right? So you're repeating that cycle. Or maybe you're doing the same thing to your spouse or your child that was done to you because you haven't been willing to look at how this is repeated trauma for you. You're just reenacting that because you're not willing to go into that shadow and see that for yourself. Remember, you're worthy, you're loved, you're enough. It is what it is. This isn't you. So that just brings me to the last step, natural awareness. When we're identified with an experience, if I am a bad person because I said this thing or felt this emotion, I'm not able to get separate from it, right, to start to heal it. But natural awareness allows us to be separate from and compassion and just be like non-identified with the experience. It's just a belief. They're just emotions. They're not who I am. That experience is not happening now. You know, that's no longer me. That'll never be me. I'm not in that situation anymore. I'm no longer that child. I have resources. I have confidence. 
But maybe that little child in me needs to know, hey, you know what? You're enough. You were enough back then. That was just a bunch of insecure kids because they're all sinking a sense of self in junior high and there wasn't enough to go around in that scarcity. And but there's now you're enough. We're enough. She's enough. And you see how you can process all the way to the present so that you can be present for your kid and be present with the people in your life. Keep taking this example, right? But applying that same concept to anything that you're running from, right? It's these steps of recognizing, allowing, investigating, and having that natural awareness, right? That awareness is the key to integration. When we can have awareness of what is stealing our joy, what is making us turn from that light, from that sun, right? That connection to source, that worthiness, that enoughness, then we can start to turn back toward and and, and reparent ourselves. You know, maybe the people in our lives aren't going to be able to give us those things. And truthfully, if they're not your parent, they're not. Or if you're not a child, you won't be able to receive it from them anyway. It's so important that it's internal work. It's your work to do. Your work to love and accept yourself. Your work to change the beliefs and emotions that have held you back. And you can do this work. Many of you may need guides to do it. It's tender, tender work. I know it is. But I would have you try the RAIN meditation. Maybe look up some shadow work videos. There's lots online about it. Of course, you can always reach out to me um, via, you can message me at summer sites on Instagram or Holman link. Um, let me know, you know, what, what are the next steps for you? I may be able to recommend a therapist. A lot of people choose to do their shadow work with a therapist. I have because there are parts of me sometimes that don't let me access things. And so I do need a professional guide to get through them. But many, many parts I've been able to do on my own. Um, and of course, my greatest therapist has always been source. And so, um, but there's been times when my source has said, hey, you need some help on this one. So I'd have you be open. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to be where you are. It's okay to recognize you're worthy. And that takes courage. Remember, it's countercultural to stand in the place of I'm enough. But we all are. We all are enough. And the more we believe and we live from that, the more that we shed the behaviors that would allow us to move toward it. It's like, remember, we become more who we are when we accept that that's what we are and that's who we are. And those things that were told to us are just, those are just the lies, those falsities that were given by fearful others who didn't accept their own love. So this February, I hope you'll consider self-love. I hope that you'll love your and accept yourself enough to give compassion to your weak places. They're not who you are, they're just your teachers. You are both divine and human, and that's intended. We're here in the process of learning. I think source is in the business of growth and development. And quite frankly, when we don't have these experiences, we don't grow in our compassion and our love and our, a big word, but charity for each other, right? And so I think that these are great experiences for you to step into a higher level of consciousness um, if you but choose to go on this beautiful journey of healing with with uh, all of us here at this podcast who I think are here because of that journey. Uh, thank you so much for sharing this with me today. Like I said, it was a tender one. It's work I've been doing. Um, I know that it's ongoing. I send you my love and my hugs in that. Learn to hug on your stuff. Know that you can take your time with it. I hope you'll consider doing a rain meditation here soon. And thanks for joining me today.